Hey, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And this is Clarity, where we share the ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live, and we are definitely awake. Mm, kind of, but yeah, we are trying to. <laughs> I have a cold. Um, Ruben, Ruben woke up recently, but we are here. You can tell because of my, my voice and probably my hair, but thankfully you guys are not looking at my hair, just Rich. I am grateful to be looking at your hair, Ruben. It's wonderful, no matter what you say. So today we're going to be talking, we've alluded, you know, in the past that in continuing this talk about freedom, about salvation, by the way, um, there's some news we'll get to in a minute before we get into the episode, but we're, we've taken a bit of a unplanned break from, so from last time we've been talking about freedom, about the, this approach, this view of the salvation journey in which we are reconnecting with God and becoming closer to him. And now that we framed it positively, we're going to understand what the negative is more clearly. Before we do that, Mm -hmm. Ruben, you are somewhere you have not been before. Where are you? Yeah. Or when uh, I spoke with you. Cassie and I, we bought a house in Keene. Uh, We were waiting for the house to be finished. And thankfully the house was done by September the 30th and we moved and September the 30th and uh, I finally was able to come up with my uh, my little office uh, place where we have the recording stuff, and uh, we're happy to finally uh, have a place that we can call home and in a more permanent way or as permanent as we can consider it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited to to finally come back to this uh, to this recording schedule. I guess that we had yesterday. I was talking with with a friend and i told him you know I, I, we're recording clarity and he said oh yeah that's right you guys are doing one episode every two months right and it's like okay <laughs> no ouch who was this friend uh, no it was a joke he said actually one episode a month and i was like okay no but i see your point it makes sense ouch <laughs> well we, we were trying to do every two weeks but hey it's okay. We are people, and I'm sure you all understand that we're people, and we need a place to record in order to record, and we thank you for being understanding people. Yes, thank you wa- so much. We wanted to record. Thank you. Appreciate that for sure. Yes. All right. Let us begin to talk about this thing called sin. But as we begin, let's begin again in the positive and read Second Corinthians 5. 14 to 15. Ruben, would you like to do the honors? Yes, it says, For the love of Christ control us, having concluded in this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so those, so that those who live will no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose on their behalf. And again, I've been using the NASB a lot here recently. But it's a good version. I, I should have, I, it's a good version. This first, it doesn't do it right for me <laughs> because I, I, I favor more of the compelled translation for controls for what the love of Christ does, but it's the love of Christ that transforms us, right? That takes mm-hmm. us from the dead phase, kills that, and brings us back to new life. But for us to, to transform from something through love, there had to have been a something. There is a base thing, um, a base state we can be in which we all are in by nature, um, which is not good, which is bad and leads to bad things. Um, And today we're going to talk about that and what that really is. When we talk about sin, um, there can be a lot of stigma and shame. 
there can be a lot of hopelessness in our hearts as we hear that word. Guilt. Um, guilt. Um, so today, as we talk about this in this perspective, that it's Jesus's, that Christ's love, his love towards us and our love of him, that brings us out of that and brings us toward him. We're going to understand better what sin is. Um, and I'm hoping that will bring us a degree of freedom and joy in him today. Yeah. So we talked about oneness and love last uh, episode. And I think that framework helped us to move now to the next uh, step in this journey of understanding the, the freedom that God provides to us. And that's why we chose to have to take this path. You know, like we're not being sin conscious, we're being God conscious. And, and what then sin becomes more of um, a barrier, uh, uh, a barrier that is not allowing uh, this experience of freedom to take place between God and us. Like uh, it's a barrier that is not allowing us to have this fullness of oneness with God. And when we understand sin as that, uh, of course, it's an action. Of course, it's a condition, but we cannot just reduce it to that. I mean, it's literally a barrier that is not allowing God to have this experience of oneness with us. And we, we see it that way when we see the way of God being love. Uh, we understand that sin is, uh, uh, of course, it's a really serious thing. But at the same time, uh, sometimes some people glorify a sin more than they glorify God. I mean, they, they they put a lot of power in sin, which it does have a lot of power. But God is more powerful than that. And, Amen. and of course, uh, it's a high standard, the, the, the one of uh, keeping uh, your life uh, free of sin, free from sin. Uh, and, and that standard, as we're going to see it today, it's impossible to achieve in your own terms. Um, it, it's just more than just go, doing good enough. You know, like I, I thought like in the past, I thought that, okay, um, if I do the enough good things, God will overlook the bad things that I have. You know, it's like, right. a, like as, long, as long as I do more good things in my life, <laughs> it doesn't matter of the little bad things. No, God would. God is not going to overlook the bad things. That is justice. I mean, God is just. And if you want justice to prevail and God, if you want to understand that God is justice, he's not going to overlook the little things. And then without a, an intercessor, without a, 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 the salvation in Christ, we're toast. Like we're, we are toast, but we're not going to talk about the bad things that we are toast. Like it's with God, we are free. With God, it's not about the good things that you can do. Um, uh, it's it's about uh, the the issue of the sins that God is taking care of. You know, absolutely. And as we look at things relationally, I think it's very important to stop and consider the real relational dynamics at place when we consider sin and us and God's relationship to us, to it, and to us. Um, when we look at sin, if sin is behavior that is inherently harmful to God and to others, and God loves those others truly and completely and holistically in addition to us, it would stand that if God were to accept um, favorable, favorable actions on our part as an atonement or payment or a recompense for our toxic behavior, that he would be supporting a toxic or abusive um paradigm from us towards him and perhaps be bringing an a toxic or abusive paradigm from him towards us. Mm -hmm. Consider this, Reuben. Um, 
if I were to to beat you and call you worthless, but then also buy you Moe's on Mondays and <laughs> spend a lot of time playing video games with you after and give you a hug after, um, would we have a healthy <laughs> relationship? Of course not, right? It's I mean, not healthy. That, it's please. even manipulative at, at some yes. level. To, yeah. In that paradigm, the good actions would be very bad because they would even perhaps even a worse situation than if I just abused you because those good actions would seem to provide a preference for endearment and to manipulate you into thinking that this bad paradigm was good. Um, so that's the thing. I think for some reason, Ruben, we often don't think about our relationship with God and with others as relationships. We, when we put these words like sin and righteousness and atonement into them, we can get things twisted and forget that there's, we're really talking about actual real relationships and that if yes. we're going to have these, this paradigm of reconciliation be an eternal reconciliation, that it really does matter how we perceive these relationships and what these dynamics are, because their dynamics are going to be in place for forever. Right. Yeah. And so that's why it matters um, how we understand this to be um, for the matter of God's character. Once we get into it, not every it, believer needs to really think through it, but it helps me. <laughs> yeah. No, when you. you talk about relationships, like and seeing uh, being in the way of relationships, I think, you, you put a good framework because uh, relationships are all about experience. They're not about do and, and don'ts, you know, like, uh, of course, they uh, interactions involve uh, activities and behaviors, um, but they're not it, you know, like you can do the right thing and have the wrong spirit. Um, you can have, uh, you can have like the whole checklist of things and, and, and but relationships don't, uh, don't get, uh, deeper just because you do that right things necessarily right yes. okay and, and, and that's you can have we, a date night every week yeah and not be growing in your relationship right oh yeah and, and not be present not be present in your marriage i mean you can right. just do it out of like okay I'm, I'm fulfilling this and at the same time don't have an experience of of uh intimacy with your partner you know so the the the, the, the issue for me is like we we know that in relationships when when it comes to to life when people like we have this innate innate like um concept but when it turns to to our our, our spiritual life what we do is um oh no that's it doesn't translate no god is relational and we we talked about it and mm. and we it, it doesn't translate because we literally think of of sin as a thing that we should stop doing and we're being controlled by it and and we cannot get out of it and and it's like we're we're we we sometimes dare to identify ourselves as sinners and in the bible we we see that that label of of sinner it's uh it's an experience of a person that does not uh have uh that that has not go went through that like accepting jesus in their heart but yeah. after that, I mean, it's true that we have this struggle of sin, but that doesn't become part of our identity. And uh, just just talking about the, the the God being justice, we His perfect love. We talked about it last last episode, and He's perfectly just as well. We wouldn't want it the other way, you know. Uh, we we need a God that is just, and 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 we need to understand that. Sin violates the entire moral order of the universe, you know, and we're going to transition there because love 
is uh is there and and sin is the antithesis of love you know what is mm-hmm. what is the best expression of love uh selflessness you know mm-hmm. the best expression of love is not thinking about yourself but the best expression of sin is selfishness is the well, is the yes. yes and maybe if i might refine the the selflessness you're speaking of is not just a oh it's not about me but it it's a um not just a detachedness from self-interest but a deep attachedness to other interest yeah and, right. and you are not and you are not worried about i am actually wor- i am worrying about what is best for you i am seeking to benefit you and not Go because ahead. you lack Sorry. something or because right. you are being codependent is because you are so sure of who you are and you are choosing to pour yourself uh onto this other person that your your goals are not to just i want to be better than this other person it's like i want to mm-hmm. grow together with this person in this oneness uh relationship that's where like healthy uh friendships healthy marriages healthy interactions even with our uh, our father uh our god uh come like when you understand that love is uh selflessness like it's it's putting yourself out there in a position of um, vulnerability, but openness at the same time. So sin is the other way around, you know, like uh, if, if we saw like a thing two episodes ago, we were created for love, you know, we, we were created for, um, for showing this other loving life, you know, like the, the source of fulfillment, of content, of meaning, meaning and true. God created us with this, um, uh, this, um, I don't know how to say chip. <laughs> I say, and uh, uh, with that re- that involves us having this love experience. Yet we we as humanity uh, chose to seek life in our own terms. You know, um, mm. we took uh, what we took for life and meaning. We we started to think about ourselves, self seeking. It was a rebellion mm. against this moral order that got created uh, against love. You know, and that's what it plunge all our humanity all of us into this darkness and everything that we see wrong with the world is just a result of that and this is the reason why you have this concept of ontological sin that it's if this is your mode of operation is this is your mentality is this is if this is how you see the world it's going to affect your thoughts feelings actions and a continual cycle and get you stuck to where you are sinning because that because of that your involvement in that cycle and that perspective. And that's why we say it's not just the matter of the small behaviors, but it's the whole system that creates it. And God is here to bring us out of this system and transform us and redeem us so that we are in a system of right belief and of right loyalty and understanding of who we are and who he is. And that so that once we're in that system, that hard transformation will occur, which is why we're emphasizing so much an understanding of reality and identity, because with that supernatural transformation from God, that isn't just a matter of knowing dates and knowing concepts, but a a combined holistic acceptance of this reality with this, we'll transform relationally from the sin paradigm, the sin perspective, the sin way to his way to, for, to a place of self-disinterested, other-centered love or 
as it should be, <laughs> love. But of course, with the marketing of selfishness, even that has been hijacked. Well, not even that. Of course, that is the first thing to have been hijacked mm. among the first, right? Um, when even in the garden and that beautiful story of truth, that, that telling of events within the garden, um, the idea was portrayed immediately that God was not truly interested in the betterment of Adam and Eve, that he was hiding from them a divine um, knowledge of good and evil state that he didn't want them to have. So this has always been at the core of it, um, the, the, this paradigm. Yeah. Go ahead, Ruben. And, and, and that transitions us into uh, the different like point of like, we we see Romans. Uh, I I forgot the 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 text. I had it. It's in a somewhere in my brain right now. But how, it how, many, how many few verses for me, and I'll find the, it for us. Yeah, the penalty of death. You know, the, the penalty of sin is death. We we see that yes. right. And I, I believe that's actually Romans six twenty eight. I I, it could be. Isn't James say sin when it is full grown leads to death? Yeah, but I think it's Romans six twenty eight. Let me let me check it out. I mean, I, th- I think they both say it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. James um, one fifteen. Oh no, no. Then does no Romans three three twenty three. Oh. All right. So mine is then after desire has conceived. Okay. It gives birth to sin, and sin when it is full grown gives birth to death. And yes. that's James one fifteen in the NIV. Okay, I got the verse. It's um, Romans six twenty three. You know, the wages of sin are death. You know, the wages of sin. Yeah. So we and we use this verse and we misinterpret it. You know, we say like that's the penalty of sin is death. So you deserve death because you did sin or you committed sin. When in reality, uh, what is happening is uh, sin becomes its own punishment, its own penalty, uh, because uh, sin is a self-destructive behavior and experience that separates us from the source of life it literally sin carries its own penalty because it's a continual separation from god and god is the only life source that we can uh that we can draw life from you know it's it's the only way we can be alive we can be connected we can be um in the in this experience of abundance of life and, and freedom so literally, what's happening with sin is just a, a, a self-destructive cycle of being and continue being separated from the source of life. And of course, that is already, um, that is already separation from life. And, and Jesus says, separated from me, you, you can do nothing. Uh, not because God, uh, it's just really arbitrary. It's like you, of course, can choose to be separated from me. But it is your decision uh, to to have this experience or not. So this is something that at some point we don't understand. And we talked about it, I think, a few weeks ago, Rich, like uh, in the judgment day, what's going to be the what's going to be the, the punishment that some people think that they're going to receive, you know, like it's going to be a physical punishment at the end and uh, the judgment day. Like uh, people say, like, you're going to be burning and feeling the heat or 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 what what is what is it gonna be you know like um remember that conversation we had vaguely 
that I have we, a cold we, right now. That's not the best for my memory. Okay, we talked. No, we talked about the uh, the Truth Link ep- episode about like the psychological effects of yes. sin and yes, and I'm with and that. How, yeah, remember that we that we say it's so so interesting to realize that the guilt that um that living in experience of of sin uh bursts a burden in our in our yes in ourselves yes psychological you know? within us yeah yes and what's gonna happen at the end. It's not that God is literally going to punish us with with a whip or with fire or or, or the devil, I guess, whatever, mm-hmm. however you believe it. But it's literally all the all the stuff that that you committed. You know, I don't know if you can exp- uh, you can explain it in a better way. Yeah, so that there's a psychological weight attached to um, sin, attached to our sins, to what we've done, to this to this false way of relating. And that that guilt is a real is a real psychological a real spiritual burden, and that when we have that burden fully on ourselves without the help of grace, in the end that that will be our ultimate destruction. And um, so, yeah, it's really fully just and fully in proportion to what we've done, and to the to the pain that we've caused ourselves and caused others. That that will, in right portion come fully on us and that this is something that God will allow. And we can debate on the extent to which he brings it a little before to which he is active. Um, that is important um, in different degrees on different sides to different brothers and sisters in the conversation, um, which is fine. Um, I'm a little bit more of a God is clearly having an active role in bringing this to pass in some way. Um, in regarding the timing while also believing myself that the the burden we bear is in direct proportion to our sin to the toxicity we've chosen to hold and cling to ourselves instead of having that having Jesus hold and cling on to that but as a model for judgment i think it's appropriate to look at the cross i do i think it's appropriate to look at the cross i do think that it'd be unjust to completely discount the active physical torture that was wrought on Jesus um, leading up to his death. But I think it's also inappropriate to forget and to discount that Jesus would have already been dead in the Garden of Gethsemane, as evidenced by the Gospels. If I forget which Gospel account it is, Reuben, in which an angel uh, in, the, in the KJV suckered, suckered um, him, Gacy provided some sort of supernatural aid to keep him from dying from the burden of all the world's sin on his psyche, on his, on his mind, suche in Greek. And so Jesus would have died from that, and ultimately that is what killed Jesus. The crucifixion of Jesus, he died too soon for it to have been from crucifixion. And when we look at the, ev- the physical evidence of the record in the Gospels of there being water and blood separated within him, that points to a death by stress. Colloquially, that his heart broke from the stress. And so when you add in the colloquial phrasing from a broken heart, um, it's clear that the stress caused on his soul physically by the spiritual weight of the sins of all the world is what killed Jesus. Yeah. And so if we look at what he did 
that when we look at the sanctuary, look at Leviticus, that it's sin has to be born and taken. We can either take it and hold it on ourselves and, and bear it or give it and let it be taken from us mm-hmm. by him and born away and resolved in this way. And so Jesus, it's, it's clear that what happened to Jesus is what will happen to those who don't accept that Jesus has done that for them already. Yeah. So, um, I, I wanna... there you go. We got into that. And, yeah. um, so I think that that's a fair, that's very important evidence to consider in this conversation. Yeah. I, I want to take it two steps back and one, one step back and two steps forward because that's like, what I did too. So go ahead, buddy. One step back is like, um, I think sometimes it's like we, we think to think that sin is something that we choose to do in rebellion of God. But sometimes, sometimes okay. also sin is like uh, a natural consequences of the injustices that happen in our lives. The traumas, things that you, in, in terms of who's at fault, not necessarily you, mm. that you were abused, mm-hmm. you know, or you had an abusive uh, father or mother or or like, or someone like wronged you in a really bad way. Uh, that is also sin in a way that um, affects your life. And and if we mm. t- look at who's at fault, like, because we, we usually like to go there, but it doesn't help at all. Uh, it's not necessarily your fault. Um, so in, in all those situations, maybe you are being an act of rebellion, or you may be like mm. uh, the victim or a system of oppression or abuse that happened to you. Right. Um, we feel the consequences, we feel the burdens, and we cannot yes. carry it by ourselves. I mean, goodness, we try the best to put a smile and just work in autopilot, and we try the best to to come in life and try to survive. And but that's not the life that God has for you today. You know, just I'm telling you right now that you're listening. That's that's not the life that God is God has for you today. Amen. You know, like. Uh, as now going uh, two steps forward, like on the cross, as you mentioned, Rich, um, God became sin itself. You know, yes. Jesus became sin. Literally, Jesus was separated from the Father. So you and I don't have to experience that. He took that penalty that I, he didn't owe. So we would not have to carry it. So yeah, in in some way, I can't describe. He took on himself the full con- natural consequence of every sinful, toxic dynamic in its core for every human being. Yeah. Um, and he did that for us. He found a way in a way that perhaps will be explained to us further in, in the kingdom. He did it. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. And, and, and you know what's beautiful too? That- and the, the witnesses accept it. Yeah. Go ahead, Ruben. Yeah. What is beautiful too is that God is so powerful, and he he could have done things in a mighty, violent, powerful way, mm. but he didn't. He right. never, uh, quote unquote, broke <laughs> the idea of self, uh, uh, other otherness. Even even in the way that he's saving you and me, even in the way that he provided the sacrifice, he showed consistently that the kingdom of God, his character, is not about overpowering, but surrendering and serving others selflessly. Mm. So 
that's so beautiful. Like the that you don't see it in any other epic. You don't see it in other traditions that mm-hmm. are not Christian traditions. You don't see it in literature. You don't see it in superhero movies. Like the superhero usually in order to save others needs to be strong enough to yes. kill and and exert violence in, in to yes. the other party. And, yes. and we're good that yes. he's in our side, but when Superman yes. turns bad, oh man, you know? Yes. Um, well, and and I, I love that you brought this up. You know that these stories are an interest point of mine. Um, and when I look at them, though, they, they pale in comparison. When I take that Sabbath rest and I'm not reading those stories, and I'm reading his story instead. They pale in comparison, Ruben, because even in the finest moments, even in the finest moments of these heroes, where they actually attempt to unlock aspects of his character and his way they still move back to that myth of redemptive violence that force is the way when instead and when even in those instances where oh yes we need to convince yes etc there's about one story where eventually that became the case eventually they got there but there was so much redemptive violence used to get there that it's still flawed um yeah and so let me just say this right this concept of witnesses is something I just alluded to that there are witnesses spoken of in Daniel and revelation of those who are already at witness of what God is doing. Um, there, I think there's evidence that they're angelic beings, beings, uh, other created beings that are seeing what God is doing and game being witness to his relationality is how non-toxic he is, how safe he is. He is how safe God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are, how they are. Mm-hmm. And that is being shown to them. And for us to have a holy, holistic relationship for eternity with them, the scriptures show as evidence, you can look no further than where we've already gone on our journey, right, Reuben? Zechariah 3, where it's the witnesses are pointed to by the high priest or by the high priest by God. And um, God points out, hey, Zechariah or Joshua high priest, you're going to be among this number. (laughs) You're going to be witnessing how fair I am eventually too, once you're redeemed. So eventually we're going to get to stop and see and be convinced of, please forgive the alarm there. Um, I take medicine at a certain time, but we're going to be convinced. So if God is trying to convince us and show us, not force us to accept, but, allow us to find for ourselves that he is faithful and good and safe. Yes. Force can never be the option. A big, big, a biblical battle of force must never be the option. Ultimately, everyone must be at a stage in which they agree independent of power or force. Completely. So, and and if the way of God is good, not because he makes us believe it, but because it yeah. truly is. And if anything, like the the struggle or the or the the war and between good and evil, uh, is literally God fighting to show that He's not fighting in a violent way. You know, fighting to, to show that He's not fighting. I yes, brother. Yes. He's literally he's fighting to show that he's not fighting. He's I, literally fighting whew. in order to like make sure to people the people know that his way, his character. I mean, it's not his way, only his character. It's not about fighting. It's not about exercising, exercising violence. You know, exerting violence. You know, it's not. That's not his way. So, and yet, in a in a 
in a self-disinterested way. He's attempting to show us that he's safe to help us. Yes. And that's what he's fighting for. For for our own behalf. It's not like I'm covering my tracks or I'm just trying to show you selfishly that I'm better than Satan. No, no. It's literally like abuse. I'm I'm safe. I'm safe for you Mm -hmm. to come to me. um, And, and, and I, I created you. I know what is best for you. So yeah, that's good. So, Another, like just uh, wrapping up, we're going to the conclusion part, like uh, Romans 6.23, I, I just read the first part, and sometimes yes. we forget the second part. It says, but Uh-oh. the free, but the free gift Go of ahead. God, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when Christ came to pay our, uh, the highest possible price for our sins, um, we are offered complete, not partial complete forgiveness we are completely made right with god as we have never sinned at all so this is important that we talked about it and we usually have this concept in in, in christian traditions that okay um come to the altar you're gonna receive forgiveness uh you're gonna receive grace and 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 it's true it's true we Mm -hmm. see here that there's a free gift of complete forgiveness but receiving forgiveness and this is something that for me was mind-blowing rich and i think i shared it with you receiving forgiveness is not an end in itself Mm. however it receiving forgiveness it's what had to be done first to accomplish the goal of god of having oneness with us so forgiveness is not the the end game for god oneness was always that beginning and end game for god amen sin was in the way god made it so sin was not an issue anymore and receiving forgiveness of of course we praise him for forgiveness well we praise him over more for oneness after forgiveness Hallelujah. for for me it's like that's boom like oh why do you love god oh because he forgave me no it's because he well yes 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 and uh, it's because he also is living with me in me, mm-hmm. you know, and Amen. he wants to still day by day. So, so it's bigger than just, um, oh, I, I, I thank you God for your forgiveness. No, thank you God also because you are living today in me, you know? Can I paraphrase Ruben and don't credit yes. me for this statement because it's a paraphrase of Ruben. Yes. If you want forgiveness, but not oneness, you don't want forgiveness. Is that what you're, is that what I hear you saying? Yes. Yeah, that's so not a, all of what you're saying. A complete, a complete understanding of 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 forgiveness goes naturally to oneness, because you you understand that forgiveness is just not like a a, a get out get out of jail for free card. Yes. It, it first, when you understand forgiveness was a, a high price, and you understand mm-hmm. it was a high price, so God will uh, restore you and live with you. Forgive, so forgiven how the price forgiven from yeah. what. The yeah. original destination, forgiven for what? The ultimate purpose, yeah. right? For oneness, for transformation, for, for, for yeah, for for freedom, you know? Mm. For freedom, as Christ said, are you free? So it's, in that part, um, we understand that the, the, the we're going to talk about more about that, like how am I not feeling that I'm saved and that, and that stuff. But today, our, our, our point was to briefly talked about sin as a barrier that separates us from god and it's self-destructive mm-hmm. it's it god is not going to overlook it 
Uh, there's no good things that can uh, erase the bad, the little bad things. I don't know how you measure little good bad things, uh, but, but things are bad things. And um, and the, but the point being is God became sin, and com- you're completely uh, forgiven. But forgiveness is not the end goal. It's not mm-hmm. an end in itself. Mm-mm. And we're gonna talk about more in, more in another episode. But just feel free knowing that. God has more than a plan than just handing you a get out of jail free for free card. It's more mm-hmm. than that. You have a greater purpose than that. And if that is already big enough, you know, your debt is forgiven. That's big enough. But there's more than just your debt is forgiven. Now what? You know, can you imagine that you win the lottery? Now you do. What do you do next? You know, uh, there's it's more than just winning a lottery. Well, Ruben, thank you. And my my benediction for us is may you. Not only accept that you are forgiven, but see what you were forgiven for. May you find freedom from a toxic dynamic of relationship, but also see that our God is completely free of that dynamic, completely safe to be with, and that he desires that they desire to be with you and that provided that way for you. May you understand that he became sin, bore the guilt, and then was resurrected so that you may not just be forgiven, but be forgiven and together with them again. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Rich. And thank you that are listening. Um, we, we really love you and um, we're really thankful for the opportunity of giving us uh, this time to share with you and be part of your life for this episode. Stay tuned for more. I'm Ruben. And I'm Rich. And this was Clarity Episode 35.